take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. This is the word of God for the people of God and all of God's children said, Amen. Pray with me. Great God of heaven, we come with our heads bowed and our hearts humbled to say thank you for being such an awesome God. Lord, tonight we want you to know that we love you and that you mean more than the world to us. We simply ask that you would send your spirit at this moment into this place. Lord, show up, show up, do something so holy in this moment. Do something that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Lift your word off the pages of inspiration in a way tonight that will help the church. That will help the church. That will help the church. If we heed your word. Bless this preacher and the people in the chair. So that collectively we might be good stewards of your word. So that one day we will hear you say, well done. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And all of God's children who agree say amen and amen. Family, I want to begin tonight. I'll put this preaching paragraph in its rightful place so as not to make the misguided mistake of taking this text out of context. Paul is after that great missionary apostle was born out of due season and he was a self-proclaimed chief among sinners. This chief among sinners had a son. Most of you know, because the Bible tells you so, this was not Paul's son born by birth, but was Paul's son nonetheless. The nature of this socio-spiritual exchange was likened to a good father and a good son. Now the core of what was created through this connection was the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. According to Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through verse number 3, Paul met Timothy while he was traveling through Lystra. And Paul discovered that Timothy was the son of a believing Jew and a Greek father, and that people spoke highly of him. Church, I want to tell you before I go any further that a good reputation will take you farther than you ever imagined. I believe the Bible declares that a good name is worth more than silver and gold. And so when Paul found out what kind of young man he was, that he had a good reputation, that folks in the sanctuary and in the streets spoke well of him, Paul said to his family, I want to take him on this journey with me. Acts chapter 16, verse number 33 clearly states that Paul wanted to take him along this journey. And tonight I've come to tell you that, that what is necessary 
in the church's history are, is both mentees and mentors. What is absolutely necessary at this moment in the church's history is both young men and seasoned men who are willing, ready, and able to take this journey together. I feel like y'all ought to help me tonight if you've got to remove this dichotomy between the young man and the old man. Because, because when Lynch did a good job of making us suspect of one another, we don't have to walk that way anymore. God told the old man to teach the young man and the young man to respect the old man. And when the young man and the old man can work together, God can get busy working that thing out for the church. somebody who has situated themselves. Someone who has not made too much of a mess of their life. Now, now don't look at me like that because all of us have made a little bit of a mess. And we'll talk about it after a while. At, at, at the center of this conversation that we are dealing with on tonight is a demographic that has been much maligned, millennials. Millennials. Real quiet, millennials. Don't be scared of them. They're not who you think they are, millennials. Don't talk about them too bad. There's a bunch of them sitting in this room, millennials. We've been called everything but a child of God, millennials. The church has to be careful. Because the ones who we talk about, the ones who we fuss at, the ones who we talk with and act in a condescending manner are the ones that God has called to carry this church into the next generation. We've got to be careful how we address millennials. Millennials are not babies anymore. Millennials are not those little boys serving around the communion table anymore. Millennials are not children anymore. Millennials have grown up and they got grown folks problems. They got grown folks bills. They got grown
it spoke well of him in and out of the church. That means that he wasn't just present, but he was participating. See, Christianity is not a spectator sport. I don't care how young and how old you are. You too can participate in the economy of God's church. I'm almost done with what the church needs for millennials. And let me tell you the last uh, thing that I want to present to you tonight that the church needs for millennials. Number one, be present. Number two, participate. And number three, be productive. Millennials need to be productive. We got to produce something. Somebody needs to see some, some promise in us. They need to see us start something. They need to see us build something. They need to see us hang in there with something. Listen, we are the generation that will quit one job, walk across the street, get another job, and then six months be down the street, have another job. And we take that same mentality and bring it into church. On this Sunday, we remember that Avenue K. On next Sunday, we remember that Avenue F. On the next Sunday, Yeah. 
concerned. So let me let me keep let me keep going. The second thing that millennials need from the church is that millennials need the church to be real. The millennials we need for the church that led us to where we are to be real. What that means is we need the truth. We need, yeah, okay, let me see if I need to say amen. We need to be told, yes, in 2020, there is still one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Yes, we do. We, do, we, we still need to know that Jesus is the only way. We, we still need to know that Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. We still need to know the truth. Listen, we need to know the truth about the church. So we need to know the truth about you. Because too often millennials don't want to come to church because we act like we somebody we not. And then we look down on them as if we ain't never been in their shoes. And we ain't never had to walk a mile in their way. We look at them like we don't. Look how is it that you've been married for 35 years but you got a 37 year old son and you act like you don't know what you need. Yeah. And for many of us, 